1: Today we have Michelle Fowler on the show. She's the president of Fowler & Company. They are a uh, outsourcing and co-sourc- co-sourcing firm that mainly works with um, banking and credit unions, but they also provide training to internal auditors and they have a, a platform called the Internal Audit Career Academy. Um, we'll link the the uh, website down below in the show notes but something worth checking out that's really interesting and and innovative which is a common theme of the show a couple of things that we we talk about is as michelle's been doing this training auditors for almost 20 years now i ask her what a common question that she still gets to this day and like why is she still getting that question um coming from the perspective of we shouldn't be asking that same question still um we should be learning and growing from it so uh, pretty interesting answer there and then a process like what process can we follow in internal audit, um, to become more innovative. Uh, we also talk about, you know, is it more important to understand the business or is it more important to understand audit? So pretty interesting thoughts there from Michelle. Um, and then lastly, or one of the things we, we kind of talk about towards the end is what problem in the audit profession is Michelle working to fix? So, um, interesting answer there too. So, um, We have the, there's a link to the show notes to the Fowler and Company website. So you guys can check that out. Um, Within that is a link to the Internal Audit Career Academy. So you can check that out. And then lastly, there's a link to the 2021 Innovative Auditor Throwdown um, that Michelle has um, organized. You guys might remember Joe Irvin and Rob Berry. Um, they've been on the show, some of the, the earlier episodes, they've been on the audit podcast. Um, so the three of us and Michelle, or I guess Michelle's really kind of wrangled the three of us together to do a kind of an innovative training approach in January. So there's a link to, to that training uh, in the show notes, it's 25 bucks, uh, for five CPEs, which is a, you know, a pretty good deal. Um, and you can check it out. You can go to the website and check out and see if you're interested in attending that or not. You do a lot of trainings that you lead. And from the ones that I've done, I've started to notice that I get common questions, at least related to analytics. And so I was curious, what is the most common question that you get when you're doing your trainings? Um, why do you think that you still get that? Like, why are people still needing to ask that question and what's the answer to that question?
0: I mean, I think the thing is that people are still asking the same question. Like you said, they're asking the same questions over and over again. Um, I think people ask more about how to do the audits, like how to do specific audits, like a, you know, accounting audit or, you know, that kind of thing, when they probably need to be talking more about how to learn more about their business and, you know, it's that whole added value thing. It's like, we're trying to figure out how to audit the nitty gritty when we really should be talking about how we learn more about our company and the departments and how we can truly add value Mm -hmm. rather than kind of this checklist of like an audit program checklist. You know, yes, we have to do policies and procedures and review and all of that and test work, I get that. Um, But, and I guess I should say we we need to do a better about job about truly adding value, but that kind of ties in. If you're going to ask about like what I couldn't remember what I told you when we were talking about, you we were asking about what common belief, and so that's kind of I was thinking about that that added value that we're adding value, and we are, and you know how much value are we truly adding? I think it runs the gamut. So if we don't know we don't get to know our business and the departments, then we're not, we can't only add, but so much value.
1: So is there, is it, you think it's more important to understand the business more so than it is to understand audit?
0: Um, I think that's a good question. I think we just, I think if you're a good auditor, you just look at the business in a different way. Right. So we, we, we talk about this all the time because you go in and people expect you to know everything. You're the auditor. You should know everything. Well, no. Um, Whoever you're talking to in that department, they are the expert at what they do. We're the expert at internal controls, at looking at things from outside the department, this objective, independent view that gives us a, a different viewpoint to that same information. And if we're not really getting to know how that person does their job every day, then that's kind of where there's a disconnect.
1: Yeah, I think probably the thing I say the most in a kickoff meeting or, or um, just a walkthrough meeting or anything is you're the expert on this. I'm not the expert. I'm going to ask a lot of what you're going to think are dumb questions. Right. And I, I probably learned that lesson best when I was in external audit and I was doing IT audit work. Um, and it's like, how could I possibly know everything about SAP, Oracle, uh, PeopleSoft? And these are just the ERPs, and then there's all right. these flavors of OS's and databases. And so, somebody kind of taught me that when I was, uh, when I first started out in IT audit was to, to like let them know it's impossible. You're not an expert in this whole thing, like, there's nobody's an expert on all of SAP. You can't expect me to be. expert on that either And, and like opening conversations and meetings with that has been really helpful because they're a lot more open to helping and like explaining things and almost dumbing it down
0: well and you know when you're talking about marketing like as an entrepreneur you know they talk about overcoming objections initially like before like before you're trying to make a sale or whatever and I feel like that as internal auditors we get need to get better at that and overcoming these objections that we do know or these preconceived, for us, it's not objections as much as it's preconceived notions. Mm -hmm. Um, But I do feel like we can't do a good job if we don't know the business. I mean, I do have a good story about, and I don't know whether I told you guys, maybe I was telling somebody the other day about the first time I was kind of like at a new job. I'd probably been there like six months or so. And I went in to talk to the controller with my, you know, ICQ and, um, you know, I'm asking these questions that I really don't understand myself. And I'm hoping she's going to tell me the answers that I need to know (laughs) later as to go along.
1: Yeah. I've been there. And,
0: um, so she basically like, we got through a couple of questions and she basically just took the ICQ and like threw it across the desk at me and was just like, come back when you actually know what questions you're asking me. And I was just like, oh my God, you know, it was like horrifying, but it was like the best experience as far as learning, because like that experience just stuck with me. And so I never really went in that unprepared again, like, you know, to, we can't know everything they know, but we need to at least know the basics of the department we're working with. Yeah, and then yeah. on the flip side as internal auditors. Like I always joke when I'm teasing like the standards or quality assurance, that we're going to be talking about in the um, challenge. Um, you know, I I didn't really make use of resources on the the IIA's website for years into my career, even though it was paid for and free. And I think it's just like we we just kind of roll along doing the same thing. And it, so, again, I think. It's important to have the industry or your, you know, your company's knowledge, but it's also important to understand what the standards and things like that are for internal auditors. Cause how can you say you're a good internal auditor if you don't even know what our standards are and how yeah. our quality assurance programs work?
1: And I think you've talked to to me about you didn't know you didn't even know what the standards were until you were like eight or 10 years in, or so I think the question I'd asked was something about maybe even what do you know now that you wish you knew when you started your career or something to that effect?
0: Yeah, yeah, and that's probably a good one because um, I remember going to the, my first training on uh, quality assurance improvement programs and I was just like, oh my gosh, this is just a training on the standards. And I was like, and then I was like, well, duh. You know, you know, initially I was kind of irritated because it wasn't what I thought I had signed up for. And then I'm like, well, if you're gonna test to see if you're following the standards, you have to understand the standards. Yeah. And um, I actually wish that, you know, more of my team had gone at that point because it was a great, you know, overview and refresher of what was happening. So um, I think if you're doing a good job at your quality assurance improvement program, then, you know, you have a pretty good grasp of the standards. I mean, they're not rocket science. Like they're logical. They're what you expect there to be. And how we implement them can change, you know, dramatically from company yeah. to company. But if you've never looked, if you're an internal auditor and you've never looked at the standards, at least at a high level, there's that's that's a problem.
1: Yeah. That's what coming from external to internal, I didn't realize that they existed. Um, because I'd always I'd never worked with internal audit before. Right. And it, I guess it was around our QA process time that like I got the book and I was like, there's a book for all of like, <laughs> like I got to know there's a book that told you the answers to all this stuff. Like if I have questions, yeah. it's in the book. So um, yeah, yeah I, have a, I have a similar story, but one thing that we did talk about is a, a commonly held belief within the audit profession that you passionately disagree with. And I know we kind of talked about that. So what was your thoughts there?
0: Yeah. And I, and I um, thought about that. I think that this whole added value, I've really had a, I've really had, a challenge with that thought process about adding value as internal auditors, because I believe it's what we should be doing. Mm -hmm. I just don't feel like we consistently do it. And I think that goes back to making sure that we really know the business, that we're not just um, phoning in our internal audit work, that we're, we're getting to know the business, that we're, even us now that we're virtual more, it's about having the conversations it's about getting to know people so it's really about communication as much as it is anything else because i think that's where these soft skills that we really need to develop as internal auditors so if we get to know our departments and get to know our business then we can truly add value by recognizing okay there's uh there's some risk here or this internal control isn't working the way it should be working or that Um, maybe we need a different control. And I always look for controls we can take away or improve as part of our audits. And I think that should just be a standard for internal auditors as we go along.
1: Do you say controls you could take away?
0: Yes. Because sometimes people put a control in place that either isn't working. To me, there's nothing worse than an internal control that's not working because If there's no control, we're not relying on that control to do something. If there's a control in place that's broken or isn't working, then it's actually worse because we think there's a control in place and there's not. And then sometimes we put controls in place, it's that cost-benefit analysis. I mean, we had one client years ago that put in this um, cash reconciliation. We were working with the community bank. And the cash reconciliation would take a person like half a day, every day. Like this was their part-time job is to be this cash reconciliation. And it was based on a recommendation and it didn't, it addressed the recommendation, but created a whole part-time job for someone. And we just looked at it with you know, in your data analytics. So is there a, a technology way to do this? Is there a different way? Is the control actually necessary? If it takes somebody half a day, it better be a pretty important control. Mm-hmm. So yes, we should be looking at, are there controls we can take away, improve, or, you know, that cause benefit analysis about whether it's really worth it that that control is in place.
1: Yeah. I like that. You often don't hear people say, take the control away. So that's what kind of, kind of piqued my uh, interest there, but that you make a great point.
0: Yeah. And we don't, as internal auditors, we don't talk about taking controls away, but guess who is talking about that? Man- <laughs>
1: management. <Yeah. laughs>
0: management is talking about that. So if we're not talking about it, then we're missing a whole, you know, a whole opportunity there to really add value. Yeah. Um, so I'm not talking about just taking random controls away. I'm just talking about making sure the controls in place are the ones that need to be there.
1: Yeah, that's a good point because I'm sure. I mean, management talks about it all the time, like, "Oh, we got to do this thing that audit told us to do." Like, you know, and that's the control that they're talking about. So, um, yeah, speaking to that makes a ton of sense when you're yeah. when we're talking to management. The other thing I liked about what you said was learning the business and that's something we've talked about a couple times now or understanding the business so if you're in internal audit what would be like the actionable takeaway to learn the business like what would you if you got dropped into a new industry what would you do to learn that industry and learn the business
0: well, it's interesting because knowing your industry and knowing your business is actually part of like the whole core competency model for internal auditors. And that's what we use for the internal audit career academy. So we talk about this um, a decent amount in our, in our academy and. It's always interesting because like, you can start at the basics, right? You can start at policies and procedures. Um, I'm always shocked when I go into a department and I read their procedures and then I go in and I look at what they're doing and then they don't match. And they're like, well, you actually read those? I'm like, (laughs) yes, that's kind of part of our job. So we can start with policies and procedures, but if we're in a specific industry, so we work a lot in banking, um, you should be following you know, banking, information on LinkedIn or getting publications, um, things like that. So we can't just show up and read the policies and procedures. Is that a great place to start? Absolutely. Um, But we have to do more than just the policies and procedures. And we have to ask questions. Mm -hmm. Again, it it ties back to communication. Um, Internal auditors in the past were always very introverted. Many of us still are very introverted. Um, And we would prefer to sit behind our desk in our office and not interact. And it's, it's a missed opportunity. So we should be asking loads of questions. Um, I have a challenge because I have to think about things. I have to kind of process them and then come back. Mm -hmm. So um, I think we talked earlier about like preempting the problem. So I always say, look, you know, I'm gonna ask you some questions and I'm I'm gonna to need to, you know, internalize all of that and I'm probably gonna have some more. Um, so I kind of joke about when I give my husband some calls to make. And so he, you know, I give him the question and he makes the phone call and I say, Okay, well, okay, what did they say? And then he tells me and I said, Well, did you ask him such and such? And he's like, Well, no, you didn't tell me and ask them. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, it's the logical next question. Yeah, yeah. You know, to me, it just seems like the next logical thing. And as internal auditors, we should always be thinking about what's that next logical question that we should be asking and not just say, you know, okay, they told me I, I got enough for my walkthrough, but mm-hmm. I don't really understand the process. So I should be really digging until I totally understand.
1: Yeah. Um, and the, the two things I was thinking there is the the question that has helped me ask better questions when i'm doing a walkthrough or something is is just to say can you help me understand whatever it is you know like we reconcile this to this and this and this okay can you help me understand what this is and then even depending on how early if i've already done my spiel on i can't be an expert on everything then i'll you know maybe throw that back like i said i can't be an expert on everything can you help me understand what this and this is um or even if it's, if it's a business process, you know, Hey, I'm an IT guy. I don't understand all this stuff. Can you help me understand? And they're most of the time, you know, they're more than willing to help. The, the other thing, so I have a, a passion, I guess, for learning. One of my strengths is being a learner. Like I just like to learn things. And so I've read and kind of studied how to learn. So I've learned how to best learn. And one of the things that, one of the biggest takeaways from that is to ask people questions, ask experts. So if if I was dropped into a brand new industry as an internal auditor, or if I needed to learn the business, like we're talking about, I would probably go to the audit executive or senior manager, someone you already have a relationship with and say, I need to understand the business a little bit more. Where do you think I should start? And even if that means, who should I talk to? And if they say, Hey, you know what, I know the CEO, you should go talk to the CEO and get their perspective um, or the COO or whoever um, and just start there and, and just say, look, I want to learn about this business. Can you tell me, you know, about it? What's the, the ins and outs or any, any other resources that, that they would recommend because they're, they need to know it better than, you know, any of us. So, um, so that's, something that, that I would do. If I needed to understand the business, if I'm a listener and I'm like, oh eh, yeah, I probably need to understand the business a little bit more. That's something that, that I would do.
0: And I think we have to sometimes put our, our pride or embarrassment or whatever it is aside. So I know... One of the reasons I started the Internal Audit Career Academy was because I felt like people didn't feel comfortable asking their peers questions that they thought they should already know. So like, even when you're working in a new industry or new business or a new job, you're like, you don't want to look like you don't know what's going on. And yet you can't learn what's going on unless you're asking questions. So I I agree. I think that's, that's one of the great things about the Internal Audit Career Academy. And I think in our departments... And with our peers, we have to kind of have this, you know, there's no stupid question. So we all know that occasionally there is really a stupid question. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, you know, we have to have this philosophy that you're open to answering any questions that they have. Um, it's like in school, like we got, we always got rewarded for getting the right answer, and we should be getting rewarded for asking the right questions. Um, you know, we talked about now education and how it should be changing that we shouldn't be just learning rote numberization. We should be, you know, analyzing them. And you're the data analytics guy, right? So we should be able to learn how to analyze information. You can't analyze information if you don't ask questions.
1: No, I I love that. Ask what you should get rewarded for asking questions. That's great. Um, My kid's only two, but I'm (laughs) definitely going to tell him that more than once. Well, I don't know because he's kind of in that question phase right now anyway, you know, so I'll probably wait till he's Uh like, give a couple of years and be like all right dude start asking all the questions again hey everyone thank you for continuing to listen to the show we want to say thank you again to our sponsors over at audit board the leading cloud-based platform transforming how enterprises manage risk audit board's integrated suite of easy to use audit risk and compliance solutions streamlines internal audit socks compliance risk management and security compliance Automate processes and improve execution with AuditBoard's purpose-built solution, which is designed to address the most pressing challenges of today's practitioners. Experience the latest in audit, risk, and compliance technology. Visit AuditBoard.com to schedule your product walkthrough to see AuditBoard's award-winning platform in action today. So another question I want to ask you, though, since you, like, I always see is like the trainers and the speakers um, and the people that, the like the consultants that do what you do, almost seeing it from the outside, looking in to a degree. Um, And so from that perspective, what are, and and I think maybe we've touched on some of it a little bit, but some important problems in the audit profession um, that you're working on right now to fix.
0: So I think complacency is one of the, the biggest things. And I mean, we're all guilty of it. Right. And so I, I, was talking in a training session the other day about the COVID effect. I, I, I said, I'm going to coin that term. I'm going to, you know, market it. that It's the COVID effect. Um, because what happened is, in the past is that we said, oh, well, we can't do this. The business has said people can't work home from virtually from home because we can't set up the IT structure. We can't set up the security. And now, you know, half the world, well, more than half the world is working from home. When push came to shove, we made that happen, and it's the same for internal auditors. There's things in our careers or our departments that we know we should be doing. I know for me personally, you know, that's one of the reasons I'm glad we connected. Is I feel like we should be doing better with data analytics um, and using that more in our audits. And so, if we continue to be complacent will will never evolve. So my whole thing is let's use this covid effect and propel us to do things that we we didn't do. I know in certain things like the public speaking, you know, I had talked about moving more virtually and online and you know, I was able to, you know, escalate how quickly that happened for my career. And I know millions of people have done, you know, innovative things because of the covid effect. And I think as internal auditors My goal for 2021 is to hopefully say goodbye to COVID. And that's, you know, the challenge that we're doing is kind of putting 2020 in our dust in the rearview mirror and moving on to 2021. But I think we use the philosophy of this COVID effect to say, if we weren't putting obstacles in our own way, what could we change immediately and quicker than we would before? So like, I know I'll be calling you to say, hey, you know, Help me, Trent, on these audits. Let us uh, do a bit more, uh, a better job at the data analytics.
1: Yeah, and, and I think it, the whole thing revolves around being innovative. And I know it, it, it's also this is one of those that we've talked about a little bit on the show is working on the business or on the department instead of in it. So instead of just like executing on the audits all the time, it's how can we make it more effective, more efficient? And I think tech is is one of those and one of those ways to do that. And kind of what you're you're getting at. And, and being innovative and in working on the business, on the audit department itself?
0: Yeah, I think there's a lot to learn from the entrepreneurial world, world for um, internal audit departments. Like I, I believe that, um, you know, we should be marketing our internal audit departments. I always say to my team, every time you go in to do an audit, you are the marketing department. Like mm-hmm. you are reflecting what our company stands for and how we operate in the business. Um, and I feel like every internal audit department should be looking at how they're viewed within their business, and if they're if the people within their company don't know who they are, what they do, that's a problem. They need to be figuring out how they're going to do a better job marketing. Um, you know, like we said, working on the business rather than in the business. So yes, there's we have to do audits. Like we can't just have you know an audit department and not audit, and at the same time. We need to be working on how we can improve that, improve that, and make it better. So, I mean, I think the data and limit analytics that we touched on is a perfect example. Um, many audit shops are not using data analytics, or at least not to a large extent, because it's hard. We got to figure it out. And so, yes, we have to put something else aside and make that a priority so mm-hmm. that it will be easier in the future. It's it's like it's like you have a two year old. It's like raising your kid. It's hard in the beginning to say no or to set standards or, you know, put, you know, goal parameters around behavior. But in the long run, that's the easier option. And it's the same for internal audit, making innovative changes. It might be difficult to, to carve out that time or to implement it at the time. But in the long run, not only does it make our jobs easier and improve our department, it improves our business, which is what we're talking about doing. If we're not improving our organization, then we're missing the the boat as internal auditors.
1: Yeah. And I like that. The 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 question I would have is is what is how often or what would be a, a process to follow if you're you're the internal audit department, like hey, every what six months? We're going to take a half a day and we're going to talk about being innovative and how we can innovate. And this is, you know, some new tech that's coming out or that's been out and we haven't figured out how to use it yet. Let's, you know, like what would be the kind of the process for that? And it may, may even, may, maybe another way to think about it is um, what do you do to work on your business? Like, do you have a quarterly or, or biannual, you know, retreat with your team and you guys talk about, you know, those pretty common type, type things. Um, what would you recommend for an audit department to do though?
0: Yeah. I mean, I think that you, you do need to carve out the time. So it's, it's like, if you do it in your spare time, it's never going to happen because there really is no spare time. So it is something you need to put on the schedule. Um, you know, we have team meetings every Monday morning. Um, and then we have certain initiatives that we're working on that different people are assigned to that task and we get updates on that. Um, and, and we have to be willing to spend a little bit of money. Mm-hmm. Um, I know budgets and hours are two of the biggest challenges for internal auditors as you're trying to make innovative changes. Um, but sometimes it is helpful just to reach out to an expert and bring them in uh, and say, hey, look, we need help implementing this. And so you're just going to have to bite the bullet and do that. Um, But I think you have to schedule it. It can't be, you know, it can't be something you do in the supposed spare time. And it has to be built. So if you're scheduling it, it also has to be built in the budget, both hour wise and time wise. Mm -hmm. I mean, and financially, both hours and financially.
1: I like that. So the, the takeaway could be hey, if you're listening to this, think about and talk to your group about. Scheduling time. If you've never done it, just go ahead and schedule. I mean, pick whatever a month from now. Uh one nine. Yeah. Uh pick a month from now and and schedule half a day to talk about it. There's probably, you know, something that I was thinking about. Um, and we'll get to this person later. But Rob Berry, who was on the show, talked about one time when he was on that he got the best information from the business analyst, not the executive or whoever, the business analyst knew. The process backwards and forwards and was able to say hey rob this is this is the problem like this is what you guys should be looking at and so that's what he did and there's a you know unearth this big issue and all that kind of stuff i think it's similar i think when people do um do do these types of meetings these in-house meetings it's hey let's talk to the directors and get their opinion the directors aren't doing the day-to-day necessarily uh depending on the size of the the group and stuff maybe you know job title maybe the director is but um it's the analysts like ask them what is it that frustrates you with your day-to-day job? We're going to fix that. Like we're gonna we're gonna put resources in to fix it. How can we make this better? Because uh, you know you you learn what those things are as the an analyst because you do the reps more than anybody else. And so as you do more reps, you start to think this kind of sucks. I wish I didn't have to do this. Or yeah. this kind of sucks. I wish I could do it this way. Um, so uh, that's what I would suggest. Definitely, you know, schedule the time to do it, and then um, bring in more or get more opinions than just your uh senior directors or, or whoever that is
0: well i was gonna say i mean that made me think of two things is one um a great time to actually do that we in time about putting a date on the calendar would be like on january 15th at the end of our challenge because nice. i know you trent and uh joe and rob berry are going to be on the challenge and we're going to be given some good information and so you know, we're going to be given small tasks. And so at the end of those small tasks, that might be a great time to say, okay, well, let's put these larger tasks on our calendar. Um, But the other thing is, is internal auditors, we're not always great at networking. Mm -hmm. And so we, we kind of congregate just with our departments or our company. And so many other people have great ideas and, it, and it's a more challenging now in this virtual um, environment, but it's not impossible. So there are events um, happening, the challenge is happening, um, things like that. But we're as internal auditors, we're not always great about building that network. I know when I was at Deloitte years ago, I thought networking was about trying to get a new job. And I was mm-hmm. like, you know, I'm at Deloitte. I don't, I don't need a new job. I'm, I'm good. But networking is about, you know, giving as much as you get. So it's about sharing information, um, sharing ideas and thoughts and resources. So even though I might be in a completely different industry than someone else, because uh, as I said, we're more financial based than others, you know, I can work with somebody in the energy sector and share you know good ideas about how to move forward in our internal audit departments and to improve and the, i the only way i think that we're truly going to innovate is to collaborate with other people and share ideas just like i mean just having fun talking to you and listen to the ideas that you have and sharing back and forth
1: yeah i agree and so we've, we've teed it up a little bit um so i'll let you i'll let you uh, speak to it now but We've talked about, you know, I mentioned, I gave the example of Rob and how, you know, we're going to bring Rob back out um, or mention Rob again later. And you mentioned uh, Joe, who was also on the show, the the, the ethics show that we did. Um, and you have kind of wrangled us all together to do this innovative challenge for internal auditors. So I just want to kind of give you a, a few minutes to speak to that.
0: Yeah, well, it just I just had this idea that I really so I, because I have my own business and I'm an internal auditor, I see the entrepreneurial world and the internal audit world. And I just think there's some great ideas happening in the entrepreneurial world. And one of those that a lot of people are doing are these challenges to kind of jumpstart a new year or, or new ideas. And um, so I was just looking for people that I felt like were doing some fun and interesting things. because so I think as internal auditors, we don't think fun first. My whole thing is if you're going to go through an internal audit, it might as well be as fun as it can be, right? It's not always fun, but to have to bring some fun and joy to that. And so, um, you know, I reached out to you and Joe and Rob and you guys um, do have innovative, innovative ideas and you want to have a little bit of fun as we go along. So I think this challenge will be a great start to the new year. 2020 was insane, Mm -hmm. and um, it's really about shaking the dust of 2020 off and starting the new year outright. So we are going to be talking about many of the things we just talked about today, like the Quality Assurance Improvement Program and data analytics and ethics and Um, Rob's going to be talking about, you know, asking quality questions, which, you know, fits perfectly in the topic we just, um, discussed. So, and it'll be fun to just, you know, have a little challenge at the end of each one hour session, and then we'll wrap up on Friday with questions.
1: So there's the four of us, me, you, Rob, and Joe, and each day, Monday through Thursday, um, one of us will have a, a one hour session for CPE talk about our topic, our, our innovation piece for 2021, and then give the the attendees a a challenge to do some, uh, I don't want to call it homework, but some homework to do that maybe take them 15, 20 minutes. And then, so we'll have that every day. And then on day five, Friday, we'll all come together and kind of talk about the results and things like that and get uh, feedback and, and see what innovations or, or innovative ideas that the attendees have had. And then couple that all with what uh five hours of CPE um and all that good stuff. So it's it is it's a CPE driven event, but it's I I know I've never seen one like it. So it is innovative for sure in that sense, right?
0: Yeah. And I mean obviously we all want our CPE if we can get it. And we definitely, you know, want to have a little bit of fun doing it. Um, we're on Zoom constantly now, so just having a different format I think is a little um, fun. So it's five hours of CPE, and um, as you say, these kind of short, quick, and short challenges for each day that that hopefully maybe at the end of the week will lead to something bigger. I think as internal audit departments, we need to think small to think big. So. Sometimes we feel like we have to make these enormous leaps into, you know, some dramatic change to the internal audit department when really all we need is like one or two or three at the most, like really good ideas. And then just take small steps towards that all year long. So imagine what you could do if you took 15 or 20 minutes every day or even every week, if you just carved out 15 or 20 minutes every week to just focus on one innovative Um, idea that you have, imagine what that would look like at the end of 52 weeks. I mean, that could be something quite extraordinary.
1: I think innovative is a bit intimidating to me anyway. Like I know entrepreneurially, I've heard the expression of just innovate and market, just innovate and market. That's all you have to do, innovate and market and everything will take care of itself. It's like, well, innovate's kind of a big deal. You know, like it's not, you can't just innovate, you know, like we'll just sit around and innovate things. Um, But I think when we think about it, the like just the idea of we're going to do these four one-hour sessions, and from each one, there's going to be an actionable takeaway that you can do. What's crazy about that is that's pretty innovative in and of itself, and it's not really that that like crazy of an idea. And I say that because the number of hour-long CPE events that I've attended and walked away going, I got nothing out of that. Yeah, either you know, like there's there's no actionable takeaway from it um it was just or maybe it was just like a pitch to buy their thing or whatever um and so like i think even something that is you know small in that sense of hey there's going to be this takeaway that you can actually do and apply from this training it's kind of innovative in and of itself which is sad
0: (laughs) yeah i mean and that's the thing it's like um like Tony Robbins will talk about innovation, right? And he's he's talking about it's not like a 95% shift. It's like that 1% shift every day. I mean, it is like this event that we're doing. We we took an idea that is good, mm-hmm. CPE, you know, you know, more education, and we just transformed it in a very small tweak. And so it wasn't like we were like, oh, we're just going to throw CPE out the window and do something completely different. We're like, no, we're taking what is a great idea and just tweaking it. And so if you make all those small tweaks over the year, then, you know, you you might have something extraordinary at the end. So I think, I agree. I think innovative um, is an intimidating word, as you say. Um, So, but I think we have to shift how we think about it. Um, and stop thinking it's some big thing and not just these small steps towards the right direction.
1: Yeah, you don't have to be Tony Robbins.
0: (laughs) No, (laughs) nobody wants to be Tony Robbins. He's his own person. We can can be ourselves and innovate in our own way.
1: And that sounds like something Tony Robbins would say. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's funny you said that though, because he's the one that said "innovate and market." That's who I, yeah. I remember him saying. I don't know, heard him on a podcast or whatever, but he yeah. said it just "innovate and market," "innovate and market," "innovate and market." And I remember hearing that. So funny that um, that you said the same thing. Do you have any any closing words? Anything that you want to leave us with?
0: The only thing that did come to mind when when you were talking about innovating, but I I do think it's not it's not my favorite expression, but I think it's a good way of thinking about things. Um, is that the kind of joke is how do you eat an elephant? And it's just one bite at a time, right? So it's about taking, you know, one chunk, you know, at a time. And the other thing is, I had a friend of mine that goes back to what you were talking about, the training, and she talked about this wall of shame. So she would go to training, and it might be good training. You might even think, oh, I'm going to implement something from the training. And then you you're back into you, know, you finish the training now. Now all that work that has to be done is still waiting for you. So then you put it off, and like in the in the real live days, not virtual days, you might actually have a binder, and so you'd have the binder on your desk when you got back um, into the office. And then as the week goes by, maybe the binder moves to your credenza behind you. And then another month goes by and you still haven't implemented, but now you've forgotten what it was you were going to do in the first place and work is just, you know, constant. So now the binder is on, it's on, it's on the bookshelf behind you. And so she talked about this wall of shame about all these training binders that were there with great information, the best intentions, but no actual application. So I think that's really, that's the innovative piece of what we're trying to do as you mentioned, with not only the challenge, but even in our internal audit career academy, um, it's about networking and masterminding to like figure out what those innovations that you want to do over the next year. And like, what's that one step that creates some momentum moving forward?
1: What I really like about that is, so we're talking about innovation in audit and taking the the one step. Um, that's kind of where, where I'm going with this. So agile is a, obviously a popular topic. It's kind of all over the place. It, it seemed like there's it was analytic or it seemed like everything was about the cloud and then everything was analytics, everything was yeah. cyber, and now everything's agile. Um, and it makes a lot of sense. But the I would say that's pretty innovative if you really incorporate all of the agile into the process, um, the audit process, but thinking of just taking a piece of that and even trying to like tie it back to your wall of shame example. Um, an agile concept is the backlog which is basically just a list of all the stuff that you could or would or should even do. Um, and just having that list somewhere centralized. So, uh, from the wall of shame, like if you got back from the training, you know, I use something like Trello it's, it's free or or Microsoft planner or something like that, um, Mm -hmm. to do mine, but it's just, when there's something to do or or that I would wanna do, I need to keep mindful anyway, put it in there, and then I have it forever. And I can look at it and assess, yeah, I need to do this or I don't need to do this. But the one thing it doesn't do is get put on my, <laughs> my wall of shame now. Right. Um, and so that's like a very tiny step and that can make a big impact. And it's also in an innovative like concept, at least relative to to Agile. So.